ശ്രവണം മനനം നിധിധ്യാസനം ലെസൺ റിഫ്ലക്ട് ആൻഡ് അബ്സോർബ് ഡിയർ ലിസ്ണേഴ്സ് സായിറാം ആൻഡ് വെൽക്കം ടു അവർ റേഡിയോ സീരീസ് ഇൻ വിച്ച് എ ഡിവൈൻ ഡിസ്കോഴ്സ് ബൈ ഭഗവാൻ ഇസ് പ്ലേഡ് ഇൻ സ്മോൾ പാർട്സ് ആൻഡ് ഫോളോയിങ് ഈച്ച് പാർട്ട് എ ഷോർട്ട് ഡിസ്കഷൻ ഇസ് അണ്ടർടേക്കൺ ടു റിഫ്ലക്ട് ഓൺ ദ മെസ്സേജ് This is a part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live hosted by Prem from Radio Sai and Hari Shankar from Sri Satya Sai Central Trust every Thursday at 7:30 p.m. only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 23rd June 2016. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of summer course in Indian culture and spirituality 1991 have a listen please at Bhagwan's lotus feet. Dear listeners, we welcome you to this week's episode of Shravanam, Mananam, Nididhasanam. This is Prem from Team Radio Sai and with me is Brother Hari Shankar from the Shri Satya Sai Central Trust. We are going through the fifth discourse in the 1991 Samukho series. We've completed four. The fifth one is about the Keno Upanishad. It's one of the small but very, very profound Upanishads. Very simple yet teaching a, a very important message. We are approximately midway in that discourse. We've played about three clips. We'll be continuing with that. So before we talk about what Swami said in the last couple of weeks, I'd invite Brother Hari Shankar to join all of us. Sairam Hari. Uh, Sairam Hari. So we uh, started with this discourse and I think last week we could play only one clip in that uh, discourse. And it was that part where Swami was speaking about literally the crux of Kinopanishad where it says that who is the seer? you know there is a seen and there is a seer and where do you make that distinction yeah because the roles as swami was saying that right. it keeps switching right yeah and we were uh, were talking about a similarity between this and uh, there's another work called drigdrishya vivekam mm. and there was a point which i was making probably i'll reiterate that yeah and the difference between what swami is saying here and what is said in that particular work right there it stops with you know the objects the senses and what sees the senses is the mind and what sees the mind is the sakshi and it it kind of defines that sakshi as the ultimate mm, brahman mm. but swami brings in the idea of the intellect being the witness of the mind mm. in other discourses swami of course says that the intellect is one more aspect of the mind mm. it doesn't have a you know entirely different existence of its mm. own mm. but in many ways it's a very interesting uh, inclusion which swami is making mm. because one thing which swami would often say is your level at which you are is defined by what you relate to mm. and swami would often say that you know tell yourself that you're not an animal that you're a man mm. and precisely what it means is you identifying with that uh, buddhi yeah because that is the one which makes you stand apart from the animal kingdom mm. So it's interesting that Swami says that uh, the mind is being witnessed by the buddhi and the mind should be directed 
by the decision that is made by the mm. buddhi yeah because i think the way we understood that uh, uh, this particular phrase or this paragraph as we called mind as the active uh, you know principle which goes out into the world or is drawn by you know it's activated by whatever the senses perceive so is like the first you know the first level of right. uh, yeah. the mind and then comes the intellect if you remember we related it to the concept called flow in psychology right right, right. so at which point of time you have integrated yourself totally into what you are doing mm. say like a painter or uh, an artist who is working on a, a painting right or a singer right so there are points of time when they completely lose the the sense of separateness with what they are engaging in that is a time when you know the intellect which is a little less involved with uh, so much with the thoughts right? right as as is like concentrating on the work that is being done uh, the next step swami actually goes beyond that right he says the intellect itself in the next stage it uh, right merges with yeah, the yeah swami atma. gives the example of uh, you know the different states the sleeping state the yeah. in the deep sleep state yes where swami says that this intellect is present even in mm. uh, the deep sleep state mm. and he says that's what makes you realize that you had a good sleep when you yeah. wake up in the morning yeah. unless there is something witnessing a good sleep and differentiating it <coughs> from a bad sleep uh, you can't have yourself waking up and saying that oh, i had a, a nice night's sleep yeah. so swami is saying that that uh, buddhi is is present even in the deep sleep state mm. and swami goes on to say that it's in the samadhi state that the buddhi is removed yeah so the very fact that you are able to live through a samadhi state Mm. there is something which is subtler than the buddhi itself yeah two episodes mm-hmm. ago we came across uh, swami speaking about uh, the role of the atma that was a section where we were discussing about the senses and then swami talking about the prana the mm. life force uh, being the basis for all the senses but then what is the basis for the life right. force itself and uh, swami said that that is the atma right right and uh, Uh, we recall that swami in the upanishad uh, vahini mm-hmm. so there swami actually says that the role of the atma you know it is not invested in actually energizing the prana and creating all this right he says right. all this happens in the light of the atma mm-hmm. so at, at that stage it becomes so totally impersonal right mm-hmm. so the witness still has a sense of an individual this thing but the atma is at a level where it is like completely imp- impersonal right. there is no uh, sense of separateness happening there right. that's the way i understood it right and <laughs> i mean the more we talk about it I, I just uh, i'm not able to stop myself from thinking how far we are from all this experientially yeah, yeah. you know True. i mean it's so nice to theorize about it and say that this is what happens in samadhi this is what happens when your buddhi is merged in the prana or whatever it is right. but experientially it is so far away but uh, i think the reason why as we mentioned the last week the kino upanishad uh, is really standing out yeah. is because it is it is referring to experiences that you can relate to yeah it's talking about you seeing something you know you being a witness in yeah. fact uh, i i remember uh, one of the, a very beautiful example which one of the uh, thinkers would say like you're sitting in a lounge of a airport okay and you have nothing to do your flight is delayed by an hour you're sitting there since you have nothing to do you're just sitting and seeing the scene in front of you mm. you're just seeing people come and go and you're totally cut off from the scene in front of you because you are 
you know as detached a witness as you can be because you have nothing to do with the scene no involvement and you mm. have nothing to do with the time at hand mm. right because you're just whiling away the time you're just letting time pass by doing this act of witnessing the scene in front of you mm. so you're saying that your mind is blemishless at this point mm. because you're just seeing but the moment you you know have a faint uh, recognition of one of the people walking around mm. you say I, i mean i recognize that person yeah so immediately it starts pulling out memories yes. relating to that person or you know whether you like or dislike that person those what swami would call as uh, vrittis mm. you know the, the aberrations in the mind or you know the waves in the mind those start occurring right so he says that is what happens in our everyday life because we are so uh, emotionally attaching each person to you know some thought or some experience or some uh, you know relationship we are constantly in that state of you know being hit by thoughts every time there is a baggage in that yes. relationship between you know that sort of a thing yeah. i think that's why that kino upanishad is so beautiful because it's constantly referring to experiences that you can understand even swami's examples are you know like that yeah in fact uh, even as you're mentioning this i uh, do recall thinking about this you know so like uh, even the listeners could perhaps relate to this before we come to this program we read up you know swami's discourse like mm-hmm. it's presented to us in a you know in a printed form right. or you have a pdf i remember thinking the last time that reading the discourse and we get some insights you know and whatever those insights are, are perhaps from our peripheral readings or our understanding of what we have heard from swami before but i must tell you that there is a huge difference when we actually listen to the discourse from swami's own voice in in fact uh, in his presence i think it was a presence his his being when he is delivering the discourse his being like when we were around him that used to make the entire difference because uh, i recall after every discourse of bhagwan we used to hang on to every word you know <laughs> like try to sit in the front line and watch uh, and absorb everything that swami was saying i remember that we would be completely different people mm. you know after the discourse uh, when after swami settled down and there would be that brief silence right in that silence i could see that each one of us i could perceive we were all very transformed mm-hmm. at that moment you know but i think the effect was swami's presence one more thing that occurred to me while you were speaking about that it is so difficult for us to actually experience this like right now we are getting this at a intellectual level right. we are kind of understanding it but swami had enormous sympathy for this fact mm. in fact swami would say you know the reason is that you are inhabiting a human body and he says the moment you are in a deha the deha bhimanam takes over mm-hmm. in fact i think uh, the section which we'll be dealing with today is like swami going into the integrities of this mm-hmm. machinery of the you know human uh, mind body system itself mm-hmm. Right. right i think probably what uh, swami is wanting us to appreciate is whether you are going through it experientially or not yeah. to be aware that this is what mm. happens to yeah. me you know this right. is what is pulling me from one side to the other absolutely just to be uh, uh, aware of that you know mm. i think I, i always say this 70 80% of what we do in chemistry is you know is all symbolism you symbolize most of your compounds you know you have a Uh, uh, equation hmm. you, you have a compound name you have a compound this one which has got nothing to do with the structure of the compound yeah. you know none of us have seen the structure of the compound hmm. and what we write in paper as you know co2 or h2o or something has got nothing to do with 
actually how the compound looks mm. but we are totally aware of the idea that this is only representative yes and that awareness is enough for us to you know go into so much of depth into into the subject which you know it, it's almost like a, an agreement of ignorance yeah. you know <laughs> this is wrong we acknowledge it is wrong yeah. but it is helping us to understand deeper correct and so i'm literally saying that that's what it is just understand that what you see is not what is right you know what your mind suggests is probably not what uh, the world really is yeah and one day <laughs> you know you will be led to seeing it yourself or experiencing right. it yourself yeah in fact i, I remember uh, an analogy with the, with the philosopher wittgenstein gives you know mm-hmm. so uh, i don't remember the exact uh, phraseology he uses but i can give you the gist of it you know he uh, looks at this climb you know of like from one level of truth to the other mm-hmm. he, he likens it to like climbing the rungs of a ladder and each time as you climb the landscape looks like entirely different mm-hmm. right so the your totally new world view comes into being mm-hmm. right as mm-hmm. you climb through the these rungs and he says that the rungs of the ladder are meant to be discarded that is you literally mm-hmm. break them away as you climb and so he says at some point of time when you look back uh, the things that you used as your aid to climb mm. those will look very foolish mm. and he says that all all of these are uh, meant to be used in that sense like as you climb mm. uh, the things behind you they look like totally irrelevant or you know totally false even mm, mm. right but the fact is that happens because you're uh, climbing mm, like mm. and we must as somebody said you know like we have mount everest in the mm-hmm. path of transformation mm-hmm. we are on mount never rest <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you climb to a certain mm-hmm. level and then you look around and there's more to be done <laughs> so it's so you know we should begin to love the climb rather than the uh, right. actual and peak <laughs> there's another point which swami made uh, i'm not sh- sure if it was in the clip we played last week or the one before that mm-hmm. where he says you know the body is unreal and you know you're not the body you're not the senses yeah. and swami is kind of inviting us to go within mm. but at the same time the reality is you have a body you have a sense yeah so the question is you know how do you use it yeah without could we say defiling this human birth yes you know you have it you cannot deny it you can probably as we said you can convince yourself that you're not the body you're not the senses but nevertheless you have a body and you have the senses so swami is saying that uh probably those who have completely transcended this in thought word and deed you know they come up with this idea okay what do you do with the body and the senses mm. and then swami says the best way is to give value to the body you have to do what the body is meant for you know mm. there is a certain purpose in any of the things you know if if i have a i have a mic here this mic is slightly different from the other mics i have so i will be utilizing this mic to its highest potential if i use it in that condition which it is meant made for yeah. you know I mean, there might be another mic which is a boom mic which is meant for outdoor but right. this might be a condenser mic which is best used in an air conditioner room you know so when i use it for the purpose for which it was made then i'm giving it you know the best use and probably i'm not misusing it right so sami is saying that the best use to put the senses to mm. is to put them into the path of values to right. put you know use them for the benefit of others right. when it comes to the body yes right and uh, I think that's where we were last time yeah. so probably we'll go to the next clip yeah. i think uh, this should be the the fourth clip in that uh, discourse kanukane mottamota manavudu deha sambandhamainatundi vishayanni chakkaga artham cheskovali hence first and foremost man should understand clearly the matters relating to the body ee dekham emiti 
What is this body? Is it merely that which is made of fecal matter, urine, foul smell, flesh and blood? Yes, it is indeed made of fecal matter, urine, foul smell, flesh and blood. But in it, that precious gem of Atmic principle too shines. Precious gems are not fruits born on trees. Precious gems are born in the dirt of the earth. Though they are Mrinmaya or born of earth, they are Chinmaya or sparkle with purity. In the same way, the body is Mrinmaya or made of dust, but the indwelling Atma is Chinmaya or pure. Man's main duty is to understand this Chinmaya Tattva or the principle of pure consciousness. It is said that of all beings, to be born as a human is a rare opportunity. What makes it so? Only when we recognize this invaluable opportunity, we will understand our own value. Man today is forgetting about the value which is inherent in him. He is bartering his heart, which is like a gem for mere charcoal. That is the reason he is not able to realize his own value. What is the worth of man? When a man dies in an accident, the government gives 5,000 rupees. Is his worth merely 5,000 rupees? Is that all man's life is? This is not the value. It is invaluable. No value ascribed to it is appropriate. Such a priceless and sacred human life, we bring down its value by ascribing a price to it. Sometimes we purchase a secure iron safe and keep it in our homes. The price of the iron safe is pretty low. But the value of the ornaments we keep inside it is very high. This body is like a valueless iron safe. Like how jewels are kept in the safe, in the body is the Divine Lord. In the iron safe of this human body, there is a great precious jewel called God. 
ఇరుపెట్టి కాదు విలువివ్వాల్సింది వీ నీడ్ టు గివ్ వాల్యూ టు దట్ అండ్ నాట్ టు ద ఐరన్ సేఫ్ కేవలం విలువైనటువంటి ఆభరణములు విలువైనటువంటి బంగారు పెట్టెలోనే పెడితే రెండిటికీ విలువ ఉండదు దొంగలు దోచుకొని పోతారు if the valuable ornaments are stored in a valuable golden safe both will have no value thieves would steal it కొన్ని విలువైనటువంటి యొక్క ఈ యొక్క సుగుణములన్నిటి ధనమును విలువలేని ఇనుపపెట్టెలో పెట్టాలి therefore we need to store the valuable wealth of good qualities in a valueless iron safe adhi sri yokka rahasyam that is the secret of creation kevalamu dehamu anityamu the body is temporary satyam atma is truth nitya satyam ayinatundi yokka atma kevalam anityamu ashashtamanti dehamunandu imidi untundadi the atma which is eternal and real is placed in the ephemeral and finite body dani nimittamai manam dehamunu kodunu kaapadukonavalini for the sake of the atma we need to protect the body too dehamunu anachyam cheyaradu the body cannot be neglected enta varaku till when satyanni manam gurtincheenta varaku kodunu dehanni manam poshinchali dehanni samrakshinchukovali till we realize the truth we need to nourish the body and protect it అంతేకాని దేహమే ప్రధానమని దేహిని విస్మరించటము ఇది సరి అయినటువంటి మానవత్వంకు అర్థం కాదు ఇన్స్టెడ్ కన్సిడరింగ్ బాడీ యాజ్ ఆఫ్ ప్రైమరీ ఇంపార్టెన్స్ అండ్ ఫర్గెటింగ్ ద ఇన్ డ్వెలర్ ఇస్ నాట్ ద ట్రూ మీనింగ్ ఆఫ్ హ్యూమన్ నేచర్ ఇది మనలో అహంకారం చేరినప్పుడు అన్నీ మనకు మరుగైపోతుంటాయి when ego sprouts in us we forget everything ప్రకాశించేటువంటి సూర్యునకు దట్టమైన మేఘములు అడ్డు వచ్చినప్పుడు సూర్యుడు కూడా నువ్వు మనకు కనిపించడు వెన్ ది ఎఫల్జన్ సన్ ఇస్ కవర్డ్ బై థిక్ క్లౌడ్స్ ఈవెన్ ద సన్ బికమ్స్ ఇన్విజిబుల్ టు అస్ కానీ సూర్యుడు మనకు కనిపించకుండా పోయినంత మాత్రమున సూర్యుడు లేడా జస్ట్ బికాస్ వీఆర్ అనేబుల్ టు సీ ద సన్ డస్ దాట్ మీన్ ద సన్ ఇస్ ఇన్ దేర్ ఉన్నాడు కానీ మేఘములు అడ్డు రావటం చేతనే మనకు కనిపించటం లేదు హీ ఇస్ వెరీ మచ్ దేర్ బట్ బికాస్ ఆఫ్ ద క్లౌడ్స్ we were unable to see aithe ee meghamlu shashtamainattiva are these clouds permanent kaadu kaadu passing clouds kadilipoyi meghamlu no no they are passing clouds meghamlu kadilipoyina tachaname surudu prakashistadu as soon as the clouds move away the sun shines kanukane manavattamulo mana ee aankaramu abhimanam anetundi dattamaina meghamulu chuttukoratam chetane manaku aatmatattam anetundi artham kaakapothunnadi kanipinchalekapothunnadi in the case of human nature surrounded by the thick clouds of our ego and attachment we are unable to understand the atmic principle we are unable to perceive it kanipinchakapoyinanta maatramana ledani manam bhramisthunnamu since it is invisible to us we are under the illusion that it doesn't exist devudu ekkadanchu devulu aduteyela devudu neeve ayyuntunnavu why are you in search of god you are verily god karuku neeve aayokka swarupam aipoyi ninu neevu vetukodaniki prayatnistunnavu as you are yourself a form of god you are in fact searching for yourself oka chinna udaharanam here is a small example sarva padarthamulu choodinatuvanti oka store room lo poi manu vetukutu unte anni padarthamulu manaku kanipistayi if we were to go and search in a store room that has many objects we will find all the objects kaani okka padartham maatram manaku kanipinchadu one object alone we wouldn't be able to see 
ఏమిటది వాట్ ఇస్ దాట్ ఏ పదార్థమును ఎవడు వెతుకుతున్నాడో వాడు మాత్రం కనిపించడు ఇంకా అన్ని కనిపిస్తాయి ద పర్సన్ హూ ఇస్ సర్చింగ్ ఫర్ ది ఆబ్జెక్ట్స్ ఇస్ నాట్ సీన్ ఎవరీథింగ్ ఎల్స్ ఇస్ సీన్ కనుక ఈ జగత్ అనేటువంటి స్టోర్ లో నువ్వు ప్రవేశించి అన్నింటినీ వెతుకుతున్నావు యు హావ్ ఎంటర్డ్ ఇంటూ దిస్ స్టోర్ కాల్డ్ వరల్డ్ అండ్ యు ఆర్ సర్చింగ్ ఫర్ ఎవరీథింగ్ అన్ని పదార్థములు కనిపిస్తున్నాయి అండ్ యు ఆర్ ఏబుల్ టు సీ ఆల్ ది ఆబ్జెక్ట్స్ కానీ నిన్ను నువ్వు చూడలేకపోతున్నావు but you are unable to find yourself ade pedda dosham this is a big mistake tananu taanu gurtinchinatunti vaadiki sarva padarthamulu kodunu sulabhanga gurtinchukogalatu drishti padarthamulu paina pettadam chethane drashta marugaipothunnadu the person who has known oneself can easily recognize all objects as the vision is directed towards objects the seer is invisible టార్చ్ లైట్ మనం వేసుకుని దారిని నడుచుకుంటూ పోతుంటాం కానీ ఈ టార్చ్ లైట్ దారిని చూపుతాండేది కానీ నిన్ను చూపటం లేదు వాకింగ్ ఆన్ ది స్ట్రీట్ విత్ అ టార్చ్ లైట్ యు కెన్ సీ ది రోడ్ బట్ నాట్ యువర్ సెల్ఫ్ ఆ టార్చ్ లైట్ నీ వైపును మరల్చుకున్నప్పుడు నీకు నీవే కనిపిస్తావు టర్న్ ది టార్చ్ లైట్ ఆన్ యువర్ సెల్ఫ్ అండ్ యు కెన్ సీ యువర్ సెల్ఫ్ ఇది దివ్యమైనటువంటి యొక్క దృష్టి దిస్ ఇస్ ద డివైన్ విజన్ ఈ దివ్య దృష్టిని అంతర్ముఖము గావించుకున్నప్పుడు ఆనందమయమైన అమృతమయమైన అమరమయమైన యొక్క ఆత్మతత్వము మనకు చక్కగా అర్థమవుతుంది ప్రకాశిస్తుంది వెన్ యు టర్న్ దిస్ డివైన్ విజన్ ఇన్ వర్డ్ ద బ్లిస్ఫుల్ నెక్ట్రస్ అండ్ ఇమోటల్ ఆత్మిక్ ప్రిన్సిపల్ విల్ బి అండర్స్టుడ్ అండ్ షైన్ ఫోర్త్ దట్ వాస్ ద నెక్స్ట్ క్లిప్ ఇన్ దట్ డిస్కోర్స్ అండ్ ఫర్ దోస్ వాజ్ వుడ్ నాట్ బీన్ ఇన్ ద ఫస్ట్ టైమ్ వి ప్లే దిస్ డిస్కోర్స్ దిస్ ఇస్ అ రీట్రాన్స్లేటెడ్ డిస్కోర్స్ and uh, we had brother sunil from radio sai giving his voice for the retranslation uh, coming back to the discourse which we just played and uh, swami starts off just from the point we were discussing about mm. uh, you know the body being unreal but the body though unreal being a very beautiful tool for you to you know uh, climb to that state of reality yeah. just like that example which you were giving of the ladder and the rungs of the ladder which need to be discarded mm. So Swami is talking of the body itself as one of those unreal tools which uh, aid you to move higher. Yeah. I was recalling how when I joined the institute in 2000 we we were very fortunate that it started with the summer course which was revived after a long time. From almost the very beginning Swami kept emphasizing like one phrase in his discourse we would hear time and again. And Swami would say the proper study of mankind is man. Mm. I had heard this phrase earlier and I was trying to you know try and relate to what Swami was saying and for a very long time I couldn't and during one of those discourses uh, then Swami he gave an analogy as to like why it is important to look at ourselves first he gave it as a story he said this this father in order to keep his uh, little daughter engaged uh, she is a very bright girl and uh, he comes to her with a jigsaw puzzle and which is supposed to be of very high difficulty level and he gives it to her the puzzle is to actually the pieces all when you put them together they are supposed to represent the world map mm-hmm. and naturally the father thinks that you know it will definitely take his daughter a very long time to crack the puzzle and as uh, you know he goes goes about his work within 5 minutes his daughter is back having uh, put all the pieces together and he's stunned say how did you do it she says uh, father it was nothing i just turned it over mm-hmm. and i saw that actually the pieces uh, are those of a human being mm. so i put the 
pieces because she is very familiar with the human, human body. body i put the human body together automatically the world also came together <laughs> so swami said most of the time we are engaged in the study of the world many of us as we grow so called intellectually we then try to set the world right we set you know, the society right and so many such activities we get into but swami says in all this you forget about looking at your own self right. in fact swami at some point of time even says you know that uh, there is nothing wrong with the world ఈ సృష్టిలో ఏమీ లోపం లేదు స్వామి సేస్ ఇన్ఫాక్ట్ నీ దృష్టిలోనే లోపం ఉన్నది కరెక్ట్ విజన్ అండ్ ది వరల్డ్ విల్ కరెక్ట్ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ సో వాట్ ఐ ఫెల్ట్ వాజ్ దిస్ ఎంటైర్ వేర్ వీఆర్ డ్వెల్లింగ్ ఆన్ ది బాడీ లైక్ ది నేచర్ ఆఫ్ ద బాడీ స్వామి ఈస్ యాక్చువల్లీ మేకింగ్ అస్ గో త్రూ దిస్ యు నో గెట్ టు నో యోర్ సెల్ఫ్ రైట్ ఇన్ దాట్ సెన్స్ గెట్ టు నో అవర్ సెల్ఫ్ అండ్ ఇన్ అ హోల్ డిఫరెంట్ వే రైట్ లైక్ వాట్ ఐ ఫెల్ట్ ఈస్ ఈజ్ ఆల్టరింగ్ ద కాంటెక్స్ట్ ఇన్ విచ్ వీ లీడ్ అవర్ లైఫ్స్ so as long as we take ourselves to be the body and the mind there is a certain way in which we live and there are certain consequences uh, because of that right but swami is inviting us to now you know alter the context and say like you know you are the divine energy that dwells within that body as i was listening to this clip this yeah. point which uh, swami makes here that and of course you heard swami say this many times hmm. that jantu naam narajanma durlabham yeah you know almost swami is saying that first and foremost realize the human birth is precious mm. because the moment you realize that something is precious i was just thinking of this uh, analogy once if we were preparing for some program if you were to go and ask somebody who lives in a country where there is no water scarcity let's say in a city where you know you have water all 24 hours through your taps and there's never a situation where you don't have water if you ask what is the use of water Hmm. probably he'll give you a list of 15 things you can do with water hmm. you know, which includes washing your car and you know watering the lawn and a host of other things but the same question you pose it to a person who is in a area where there's a scarcity of water let's like go to a desert and ask what is water meant for hmm. i think he'll give you only one answer and it's yeah. for drinking yeah. right so when you realize that something is precious right you will automatically attach purpose to it more rigorously yeah when you don't see it as precious then you will think of the all the other things you can do with that uh, you know material at hand yes. so swami is saying first and foremost acknowledge that human birth is precious mm. and once you acknowledge that you will ask okay if it is precious what am i supposed to do with it you know, what is the purpose of this human birth yeah. and you know swami goes on to say and the next thing is you fix the purpose either by your intellectual understanding or by taking the word of a guru or the scriptures yes you know, somebody says that this is the purpose you fix it and once that is fixed you know whatever you come across in life you will only use it as a tool to head in that direction mm. it's just like you know i get onto the highway if i know my destination it wouldn't matter to me which vehicle comes by yeah if i've decided to hitchhike mm. you know a car comes by i'll stop it if an auto comes by i'll stop it if it's a truck i'll stop it because i know where i'm getting so whatever comes my way i will use it to reach my destination and that's right. what sami is saying that you know the body is uh, mrinmaya it is made of it, it comes from dust goes back to dust yeah and you know your senses are like this but the moment the destination is fixed hmm. all that comes by including your relationships including your associations which come you know you will only see them as means that you will use to hitchhike to get to this destination which is your purpose exactly even as you were saying this i was, I was just hoping that the listeners would pay attention to what you're saying because i think it is very very vital to get this point because a lot of questions that we have like you know as devotees as to what is appropriate in a particular situation what should we do 
you know right. even when we talk to students after we, we speak to them about the values one of the questions that keeps coming up is like how do i apply this in my daily life right. in other words there are obstacles to practicing this and what you said is very important you have to create that purpose uh, that you are living for right you have to answer the question very brutally and honestly for yourself that what is it that i am living for what is my life about what am i here in this world for if you look at these uh, music shows and all mm-hmm. and the music that is composed and they'll write for very high purposes the lyrics stand for you know like for somebody uh, they'll talk about freedom and they'll somebody will say you know we are trying to stand for truth and honesty but you get that you know they they're not actually living it Mm. you don't see that happening in their daily life so that that's something they're aspiring for perhaps or that is something that is you know in mode but if you have to be very clear as to in any particular situation do i stand for the values or do i look for something that you know in that situation what can i gain right right what is your life about and and one thing you have to get clear at uh, it leading this kind of transformed life leading a life from the standpoint of being the atma right or you know being the divinity or following swami's words it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you will have a happy life mm-hmm. i mean absolutely i mean uh, how many times you have heard that you know the simplicity with which swami would say it yes and the difficulty with which we would <laughs> accept it yeah i think we have must have narrated it so many times in swami's in the program itself a conversation between a person from the army and swami uh, in thrai brindavan mm. Swami was talking about how we have to lead a dharmic life, yeah. whatever be the conditions we face. Yeah. Uh, and this person, <clears throat> who was I think a major or a general in the army, he said, uh, "Swami, but it's, it doesn't work that way." Mm. And he said, "For instance, in the army, mm. I, you know, I cannot go against the commands of my superior. Mm. Whatever he says, even if it is right or wrong, I have to follow it." Yeah. Swami said, "No, you have to follow dharma at any time." Mm. So he said, "No, Swami, if I disobey my senior, I'll be charged with insubordination, and you know, I'm a, I can get court martial." Yeah. Swami said, "So what?" So he said, "Swami, I'll lose my job. <laughs> what if you lose your job?" Yeah. He said, "Swami, I'll come to the streets." And Swami was like, "So what? I mean, this is dharma. You have to hold on to it. Yeah. I mean, from Swami's point of view, once you fix this as your priority." Yeah. I mean you will stick to it come what may. Come what may. Yeah. But if you stick to your uh, you know as Swami is saying to feed your body and the feed the people who are related to the, this body as your purpose. Right. Then everything becomes uh, you know a sacrificial offering in this in this purpose that you have set for yourself. Yeah. So that's why from Swami's point of view it was, it was so simple you know this is this is what has to be done you have to do it at, at any cost. Yeah. because uh, you know that swami just puts us on this you know dichotomy he's, he's putting us right on this crossroads and he's asking us this question will your life be about survival right or will your life be about expressing who you truly are often that is a road not taken right <laughs> so because the choice has has to be made frame like time after time like and i think these folks they'll keep coming again and again in your life even when you think you have chosen you know the absolutely swami's path and he'll still insert a new folk right. in, in fact you know whenever we talk about this there's one uh, incident again an interaction between a student and swami where swami asks this boy what can you do for me yeah so this boy in that moment of emotional outburst he says swami i'm ready to die for you mm. and swami said no it's not about dying for me it's about living for me <laughs> okay and it it was a very short conversation but it was so profound yeah. because dying for swami is a one moment's choice <laughs> wonderful but living for swami is like every minute you know you make a choice 
there is a option in front of you you have to choose swami at every turn in your life right and that's what swami wants you know it is not about uh, making one decision like for us to become a student or to become a staff or you know to become a devotee of swami yeah. it is not a moments this one that's why swami would often uh, use this word and in fact even in all spiritual literature it is there where they say you lead a purposeful life mm. where your purpose percolates in every moment you know every moment every decision reflects what you fixed as the purpose of your life yeah i think that's why as you said it's it's every moment's choice it doesn't happen uh, as a one off situation yeah in one sense you re- really have to let swami lead your life just as you are mentioning this conversation i was recalling a conversation which uh, another student had with uh, swami and uh, swami was looking at him very intently and this was in the trai hall and then swami suddenly asked him you know will you give me your life mm-hmm. it and uh, swami held out his hand and uh, this student he started stretching out his hand to mm-hmm. you know symbolically <laughs> say swami i am handing over my life to you mm-hmm. and even as he you know his hand was about to clasp swami swami withdrew his hand mm-hmm. and he said is your life yours to give it to me <laughs> your life is already in my hands mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he he says that was such a profound moment for him you know mm-hmm. like where so uh, to be just aware of that you know most of the time if we can understand that swami who he truly is he is that divine principle that is already within us right right and he is speaking now from that standpoint he mm-hmm. says i am already running your life mm-hmm. now the question is whether we are aware of that <laughs> right so <laughs> imagine that the driver of the car suddenly finds that the car instead of following his steering is now it's got a life of its own <laughs> I don't know if the self-driving cars will <laughs> have such you know anomalies in their yeah. programming but <laughs> then coming back to the next part where Swami is talking about this beautiful analogy I think this was again in the 1990 Samuko series also where mm. the body is described as this valueless safe yeah and what is contained in it is uh, the precious one mm. and how the very fact that that what is contained inside is precious right gives the body the importance the body though valueless yeah otherwise gets value because of what it contains correct and just reminded of uh, talking about brindavan the old brindavan bungalow or mm. the old bungalow of brindavan mm. you know there uh, swami had bought it from uh, a person who had you know held that property earlier and mm. those days there used to be a safe room in uh, old bungalow mm-hmm. and swami had converted it into one of the interview rooms so okay. many of our old students would narrate stories which happened in that safe room mm-hmm. it was a very tiny room there was a huge safe mm. and there would be a, a small space for swami to have a chair and uh, probably just enough space for a few boys to sit three or mm. four mm. so it was like an inner interview room mm. so you know very uh, precious memories there mm. when the reason i am bringing it up is that safe room which was a very common feature in bungalows in the past mm. you know how they would be made the first the safe would be erected in a particular place you know okay. after the foundation everything is laid right. because the safe is so huge and because it's going to those days there are no banks you have to put all your money and your jewels in, in right. your safe room right. so they would put the safe there they would install it mm. and they would build the bungalow and the room around, around the safe oh, okay. right so though your safe is valueless right. so much of importance is given to that literally your room and your house <laughs> is coming around it but just because you're going to hold something which is valuable inside yeah and mm. that's what swami is saying you know the two points that swami is making here mm. or rather three first of all the body is valueless yeah. but it contains something which is valuable and because it contains something which is valuable the body has to be given importance mm. 
you know the three points which Swami is making. I think it's very important because most of us we really get this wrong. I think uh, in the 1990 series, Swami makes the beautiful point. He says, you know, if you want to kill the snake, yeah. there is no point in beating the ant hill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, this is the thing which we always get into. We used to have this statement in uh, hostel. Yeah. For the soul to progress, the body has to suffer. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we almost have this in our mind. Correct. Right? Deprivation. Yeah. Right. No, and in fact, I you know recall uh, Ramakrishna Paramahamsa. Uh, he was admonishing one of his uh, you know younger devotees mm-hmm. now you know he had the same concept called that i have to you know i have to neglect the body like i am since i'm not the body in any mm-hmm. case mm-hmm. i'm going to neglect the body in order to attain that enlightenment mm-hmm. and one day ramakrishna paramahamsa he reminds him of you know or puts him back on the correct path by saying that the next time i don't see you cleaning your tongue after your brushing mm-hmm. i'm not going to talk to you mm-hmm. you know he makes it so it's uh, you have to pay attention to the very very small things you know like mm. you know when i read that it was so very clear that uh, as far as ramakrishna paramahamsa is concerned we are already that divine principle and he is not concerned with you know we have to get to that divine principle he is saying we are already that divine principle so now look where you are mm. now you are in a body right now like i am not concerned about the past mm. not about the future right now you are in a body right and so being the person that you are you have to maintain that body it's been given to you as swami says it's given to you for a particular very holy very sacred purpose right and you should make every effort in order to maintain it and the other thing you know with especially with this kind of deprivation of the body or yeah. what you call self abnegation hmm. the thing is see let us say that i am a holy person yeah I will not inflict pain on anybody else's body. Yes. Will I? Yeah. You know, I will not come and harm your body. Yeah. Then there is where is this question of harming your body unless you think that this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> no, without your knowledge you're bringing in what Swami causes, you know, uh, mamakaram. This is mine. Unless you consider your body as mine, you will not put it through Uh, any difficulty mm. just like how you will not put through anybody else's body through uh, pain. We know it. We acknowledge the fact that goodness means I don't harm anybody. Mm. then when you say that this body i can ignore which means you are without your knowledge you're acknowledging that this is my body i can do whatever i want with it yeah, yeah. so that's what it is you know when you say that this body has been given for a purpose mm. you treat it like it's it's another body and it has to be and in fact uh, uh, swami was talking about ahimsa in one of the discourses mm. when swami says that you know the next level of ahimsa is ahimsa towards your own body yeah. because you don't consider it as my body and i can do what i want to do with it True. you treat it like it's a body and it has to be respected mm. i think that's a wisdom which swami has always reiterated and in fact that's why swami would uh, tell his boys he doesn't approve of uh, you know this kind of fast and mm. you know, depriving the body of sleep and comfort yeah. don't become a slave to the you know desires and cravings of the body but at yes. the same time don't treat your body like you know it's mine and i can do whatever i want with it true true right like i think a few episodes back like mm-hmm. few weeks back when we were talking i was recalling there was this person a professor in our institute a visiting professor who helped us uh, from swami's discourse to glean like what is the mission like of the hospital like what does it stand for okay and even as we were going through the basis was all swami's discourses which he had given to the doctors or in the you know uh, to the public but on healthcare right mm-hmm. so when uh, this professor he was going through all doing that word filtering and all that he discovered like uh, what is it that swami wanted people to be healthy for 
like you know when, when you aspire for mm-hmm. a healthy body and he was looking at why mm-hmm. why does swami want the body to be healthy and he said the purpose was that swami said that your body has to be healthy in order to serve others mm-hmm. you know that is the main reason why you should so that paropakartham idam shariram and swami said you maintain the body you so that's why your health should be that important to you mm-hmm. it should matter to you because it is the vehicle through which you serve you know the your fellow yeah. beings right and it is therefore the vehicle for your own uh, yeah. self realization i think in the first discourse of the series swami said that mm. the first and foremost mm. if you want to step into a spiritual life yeah you should not be dependent on others yeah <laughs> you know you should not come to a state where you need the service of others right to keep yourself you know mm. healthy so for that start keeping yourself healthy and as as you said you know the next thing is you can't stop with just taking care of yourself you yeah. should be able to be of use to Perfect. those around yes with this analogy that swami was uh, bringing up towards the end of that clip mm-hmm. that the effulgent sun is covered by the thick clouds and the sun becomes invisible uh, these uh, reminded me of that paragraph in uh, the ishavas upanishad okay like the hiranmayena patrena satyasya pahitam mukham tattvam pushanna pavrana satya dharmaya drishtaye so there also like the uh, are true being uh, the truth that we are it is likened to a like a disk of gold like an orb of gold okay. like verily the sun mm-hmm. which is then masked by the clouds and the prayer is to uh, you know so that the clouds part so that mm-hmm. you can actually see the truth for what it is mm-hmm. right so uh, as it, it is so evocative right. that whole i think you yeah. know that's the beauty of be it uh, the upanishads or yeah. you know for me i have no idea of the upanishads i can only talk about swami's discourses yeah then many times many of these analogies which swami would give it would be like the feeling you would get is swami have seen it all my life yeah not that i lived many years before that yeah. but that idea that oh, we've been seeing all this mm. when swami would say that you know, things like this the cloud covers the sun mm. the sun is out of your sight but the sun is still there yeah you are divine it's out of your sight but it doesn't mean that the divinity within is is in present correct so when swami puts it in an analogy like that you feel like oh my god it's so simple to understand yeah. you know especially when swami would say that this is my handkerchief and you would drop it and say i'm separate from my handkerchief yes so when i say this is my body yeah. am i not separate from my body the first time i heard it i said my god this is like <laughs> you know it can't get simpler than this yeah i think that is what uh, you know this upanishad is about and in fact all of swami's uh, teaching is about yeah and this other example which swami gives you know you go into a storeroom looking for something yes and mm-hmm. you know you can find everything else but you can't find yourself it's a beautiful right and yeah. and the other uh, beautiful chinakatha which swami would say mm. about the 10 fools who get onto a boat mm. to cross the river mm. so they get into this boat go to the other side and mm. then they say that have we all reached safely you mm. know let's just take a head count. head count the first chap counts and he says if you only nine of us here <laughs> like you know someone's uh, fallen off the boat yeah. so each one of those people count the other nine in the group yeah. you know counting himself out and say that we've lost one person <laughs> until a wise man comes by and he says that all of you are there how simple it is i'm saying that you you're looking at everybody around you're not counting yourself mm. you know you're not searching where you need to search right. like the uh, other chinakatha which swami would say that you know there is that old man who comes and searches for a needle right yeah. right and somebody comes and says what are you looking for he says i'm searching for a needle yeah. and he says where did you drop the needle he said no i dropped the needle inside the hut but <laughs> it's too dark there so i thought i'll come and search here because it's more bright here you yeah. know and so we would say that you have to search where you know where you've lost it right. where it can be found 
Mm. And all of these so many beautiful analogies which Swami would give, it it would not alienate spirituality from you, but it would really make you feel that. I mean, it's there in my daily experience. Yeah. You know, even though it's uh, based on analogies, it makes you feel like you know it's right in front of you. Correct. It's yeah. there for for the taking. <laughs> the other analogy which Swami gives is about the torchlight again. Hmm. That reminds me of uh, an analogy which one of my school teachers would say. Mm-hmm. You know, this was probably uh, a, a moral science teacher who was talking to eighth standard children, right. and uh, of course, the context in which uh, she says it is quite different. Hmm. And that reminds me of something which we were discussing this morning too. You know, she says that in in the olden days, they would have these havaldars who would go on these uh, night patrol. Mm. So there were no like electric torches and all that. So they would have this lantern which was fashioned into a you know a torch. Mm-hmm. They would have this lantern covered on all three sides with a cardboard. Mm. So it would become like a focus light. Okay. So yeah. they would go around like that, and she would say that if you're lying on the pavement or something, the havaldar will come and flash that light on your face. the havaldar will be able to see you but you will not be able to see the havaldar <laughs> she would say that you know that's the same with god right god sees all of us yeah. god knows everything about all of us but if we want to know god there's only one way the man in the pavement will have to ask the havaldar to show himself <laughs> and that havaldar will have to turn the lantern towards himself, himself. Oh, wow. so she would say that that's how you reveal god and why i'm saying is it reminds me of what we were speaking this morning one of the discourses swami says that you can make all efforts and all your efforts will only be till the realm of vishishta advaita hmm. where you're only progressing towards god hmm. but the true advaita can only be got by god's grace yes that he gives that knowledge of god yeah which is why swami used to i think uh, place so much emphasis on the gayatri mantra because ultimately that is a prayer no dhiyoyo na prachodayat right you uh, grant me that's a very clear uh, sign <laughs> grant me the intellect which illumines right, right. So, even as you were saying this again i'm reminded of the theme of the 2000 summer course mm-hmm. the summer course that was held in the year 2000 and the theme was educare and uh, swami kept emphasizing that all these values are latent in you to speak about it another way swami would say why are you able to recognize bad in somebody is because you know you have that a little small element of that bad in yourself and in very much the same way i think we respond to some of these ideas because that truth too is inherent you know like we have done our best to you know mask it where it happens to break through <laughs> like i recall you know many times uh, we read a great master we read from his teachings or we read about his life somewhere something resonates you know it's it just like a bell you know right it, it rings true as human beings maybe we don't have that experience but deep in somewhere it is there and swami says that that is educare the whole purpose of listening to bhagwan's teachings of living through you know his uh, the practices that he has initiated is essentially to bring that out it's right. it's latent inside right i think that's where the idea of uh, you know what swami started off the discourse with values and morality comes hmm. as you saying we all resonate to it but somewhere i think we get back to our <laughs> being our own Humans, selves yeah, you know yeah. it's just that inhibition which has to be got over yeah the ability to stick to Uh, these values which Swami would say yeah. comes from within. Correct. Just hold on that little bit. I think that's that's where we all fall uh, short. Yeah, because I think the essentially the theme would of this whole thing. I think we can take away is that the fork, you know, the idea of the fork. Right. You know, your the fork between survival and the expression of your truth, like right. the expression of your of your reality. 
no one else's right so uh, i think that choice that we have to continually make you know right. from time to time and we will be confronted with all sorts of situations very mundane situations which could be like you know you have done something wrong and then somebody comes and confronts you with your mistake right. and how you know immediately try to cover it up or we try to place the blame on someone else these are uh, choices as i said that have to be made in pretty mundane situations right not right. not in your meditation not during a talk when you are giving right. to uh, right. these things but these are there you know that happen day to day somebody said it is like very easy to be transformed at your altar mm-hmm. uh, when you are alone or in the bathroom you are totally enlightened <laughs> like, but out there in the world is where you have to you know demonstrate that. exactly if you keep your eyes fixed on the purpose as yes. we were discussing correct you will see this as opportunities you know huh. you literally will be waiting for a chance when you can challenge yourself yeah i think that's what uh, uh, probably a Uh, let's say somebody who takes to chess or some some sportsman mm. they will look to challenge themselves Correct. they would yeah. not be happy with uh, you know reaching the pinnacle or being the winner yeah. i think that's what differentiates a real uh, champion yeah, yeah. they would want uh, a, a kind of a good challenging op- opposition you know? would always see that you know the person who wins the satisfaction that comes when you when you overcome a good opponent yeah. or even if you lose Yeah. the idea that you know here was a good opponent who showed me my flaws Absolutely. so i'm happy for that i think that attitude of challenging ourselves yeah. to see an opportunity which comes as you're saying if we can confront and say that yes i did a mistake yeah there is lot of satisfaction to be taken at the end of it really correct if because we have the courage to go and do that yeah because if all you wanted to be is to be happy you might as well play you know ping pong with a four year old kid <laughs> and you're one right? absolutely <laughs> successfully hari we've managed to play only one clip this time hopefully next week <laughs> dear listeners we'll play more of swami and we'll do less of talking ourselves right. with that dear listeners we'll conclude this week's episode we offer this effort of ours with humility at swami's lotus feet do join us again next week till then happy listening You just heard an episode of our radio series Shravanam Mananam Nidityasanam Listen Reflect and Absorb This is a segment that is hosted live on Thursdays at 7:30 p.m. by Prem from Radio Sai and Hari Shankar from Sri Satya Sai Central Trust only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony Today's episode was first broadcast live on 23 June 2016 The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1991 To listen to the next part of this program tune in same time next week Dear listeners please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener@radiosai.org Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashanthi Nilayam.